On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, the Canucks continue to reshape their player development staff and their front office with some prominent names. And should Henrik and Daniel Sedin be first ballot Hall of Famers? It's Locked On Canucks, and it starts now. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I am, of course, your host in Pune. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports. You can find our show on Twitter at locked on Canucks. And please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Of course, I want to thank you all for making locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are available free, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, I apologize for not coming out with it. Um, episodes of the last couple of days uh unfortunately i was dealing with heat stroke yes uh not the actual heat stroke but symptoms of heat stroke um for those of you in toronto it is very very hot and humid here the last couple of days um and with other commitments i was out in the field working outside and i just was not feeling very well the last couple of days you could probably tell my voice but uh to make up for that i'm going to be dropping two episodes this weekend uh both saturday and sunday in accordance back on tomorrow just to get back on the regular um, regular scheduled programming. Um, and these weekend episodes are going to be kind of fun. Uh, I have some special ideas, special things I want to talk about more, uh, broader horizon conversations that I think would be uh, beneficial to Canucks fans and hockey fans in general to want to hear. So stick around for that on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but it was a busy day in the land of the Canucks. So we're going to dive into that right away. Um, as they continue to make changes to their front office, add different assets, fill out their coaching staff, and add a prominent name to their front office. So let's dive right into that. So the Canucks have hired former Blackhawks and Panthers general manager Dale Talon as a senior advisor and professional scout today. Of course, Dale Talon was the Canucks' first ever draft pick. Um, and then most famously was the GM of the Florida Panthers, um, and then he was the so he was the GM and the president in Florida, uh, and then of course he was a part of the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, which, uh, as we all know, uh, caused Canucks fans a lot of pain. Um, so let's stick on talent. So talent, of course, spent a decade in the NHL with the Blackhawks, Canucks, and Pittsburgh Penguins before rejoining. Chicago's front office back in 1998. He became the GM in 2005, basically at the depths of the lowest point the Blackhawks have ever been in. Uh, and then he added the likes of Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Patrick Sharp, Marion Hossa, who would all go on to win a Stanley Cup. He left in 2010 to become the general manager of the Panthers, which he held for nearly a decade, and rebuilt that roster with the likes of Huberto, Barkov, Ekblad. So Dale Talon, Kind of comes complete circle as he's now a special advisor to um, general manager and also a professional scout. So what does this mean? We're going to touch on Ryan Johnson in a minute, but what does this mean bringing a man 
who has the pedigree in a front office like Dale Talon. Well, it's a very important move because you can never have smart, never have enough smart hockey minds in your front office. Dale Talon has rebuilt two franchises from uh, basically the ground up. You know, Chicago, as I mentioned, back in 05, they were a tire fire, dumpster fire, anything fire you could think of. They were a laughing stock organization. And once Proud Original Six franchise was drawing next to nobody at the United Center, and he built that team up to where they are now absolutely selling all the time. Now, of course, they are going through a rebuild of their own, but um, he was definitely a big piece to that. Florida, same thing. Rebuilt Florida from the top to the from the bottom. And essentially the core that's in Florida now that just won the President's Trophy but did get swept by Tampa Bay, who did win tonight in Game 5 to force a Game 6. But he... This is just another coup for the Canucks to have. You could have... Uh, you know, I think what, like what Dale Talon had in Chicago. Um, he had Stan Bowman. I'm not Stan Bowman. Scotty Bowman. He had Stan Bowman as well. But had Scotty Bowman there as well, who was quite regarded as one of the most brilliant hockey minds of all time. Um, and quite frankly, I think this is exactly what the Canucks need. Continuing to fill this player development um, and this front office with smart people, people that have pedigrees of winning, people that understand how to build a, t- a team and an organization the right way. And that is why this is so imperative to the Vancouver Canucks because that is how they're going to get better. That's how they signed Audrey Kuzmenko. They had a plan. They have smart people in place. And that is how they're going to continue to acquire free agents, attract people via trade, um, whatever it takes. When you have um, people of competence and people that know what they're doing, you're going to be successful. And that is what the Canucks are doing. Now, to continue on with the Canucks and their changes to the front office. Scott Young has also joined the organization as the new director of player personnel. Um, as an NHL player, he appeared in over a thousand games and scored one was a 40 goal score uh, in St. Louis. Um, and he was the player that he just came from Pittsburgh uh, with the director of player development since 2017. So he's been familiar with that. Again, Rutherford and Albion are familiar with Scott Young because of course they're Pittsburgh ties. Um, they also added uh, Frank Golden, who was uh, a college free agent scout. He was an amateur scout in Pittsburgh. And finally, another um, blast from the past type of hire, not really, but kind of, uh, Dylan Crawford, the team's new video coach. Crawford was uh, the assistant video coach for the Blackhawks since 2018. And his father, his dad, was the coach of the West Coast Express Canucks, Mark Crawford, and former player. So definitely a lot of changes going on in the Canucks. And also, I should mention, Ryan Johnson has been elevated to assistant general manager. He will still still be on as GM of the Abbotsford Canucks. But definitely, guys, a lot of changes going on in Vancouver. But this is exactly what is needed. And it's a continuation of the Canucks hiring. Because what was the thing or the one of the complaints about the former regime it was a very small front office there wasn't money spent on expanding it and when you have all these different hockey minds in a room together and they're just collaborating excuse me on what works and what doesn't work for this franchise for this team these are the players these are the 
piece, sorry, not the players. These are the pieces that you need to have different voices, different opinions, different standpoints of all smart people in a room. Trust me, when you have a lot of smart people in a room, a lot of smart decisions will be made. And I love what the Canucks are doing right now. They're building a smart front office. They're building a smart organization. Francesco Aquilini is opening up his checkbook, allowing them to sign these people to come in, get it right, get this organization back on track, and build a contender. I love what I am seeing so far from the Vancouver Canucks this offseason because they're doing it the right way, and they're sweeping changes from the top of the organization to the middle, to the coaching staff, and they will now, you're seeing it with the players, and this is the next couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing a lot of changes to the player personnel, which will be most prominent, but they're building that foundation of this organization. They're putting smart, strong pieces in there. And I believe that is going to be a huge key for this franchise going forward. Uh, coming up after this break, we're going to dive into the careers of Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Because on Monday, they will announce the 2022 class for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And there is a lot of Canuck flavor on this. So stick around for this break because you're not going to want to miss our Hall of Fame talk. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source. Excuse me, for your continued source. For all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and esports and scores, and BetOnline remain BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and even news this season. BetOnline.net is your fastest and easiest ways to check all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA and golf. And also head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Okay, guys, we are back. As I mentioned, this is a very big day potentially on Monday for the Canucks organization and the city of Vancouver as a total because on Monday, the 2022 Hockey Hall of Fame class is announced. Um, and the Sedins, along with former teammate and Canuck icon Roberto Luongo, are eligible for their first time in the player category. Now, I believe Roberto Luongo will be a shoe-in uh, for him on his first ball. He ranks uh, with the very best in all time. Most time, shutout, save percentage, goals against You know, he was never a cup champion. But during the um, he was widely regarded as one of the best goalies on the planet. Um, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, here's where I'm worried. That's where... The biggest worries. Roberto, we knew his his character, his charisma that came out at the end of the career, his end, end of his career is going to help push him. And plus, he won a gold medal for Canada. And the, he is definitely going to get, that's definitely going to have some pull. Henrik and Daniel Sedin are first ballot Hall of Famers, in my personal opinion. No doubt about it. No question about it. Both have a 1,000 games, a 1,000 points, league MVPs, leaders, great community members. We all know the drill. But what it comes back to is, were they did they ever get their true respect that they deserved um, in the NHL? Now, I think they eventually will get in the Hall of Fame. But if the Henrik and Daniel Sedin do not get into the Hockey Hall of Fame on the first ballot, um, it will be very, very, 
disappointing. Um, because I feel that these gentlemen, these two pillars of the organization deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame because of not only was on the ice, but off the ice. Their totality of their career in Vancouver was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, I believe that they will get in, but I don't know if the Hall of Fame committee will have the same sway because they played in Vancouver, the whole they didn't win thing, all of that stuff. Because you also have guys in this, like Henrik Zetterberg, who didn't have as many points as Henrik Danstein, but was a part of a Detroit winning Stanley Cup team, won the Smythe Trophy. Daniel Alfredson, the all-time great um, Ottawa Senator. This is his fifth year of eligibility. And that's what scares me. When you look at a guy like Daniel Alfredson, who you know, played 1,200 games, a little bit over 1,100 points, about, you know, was a pillar in Ottawa, and kind of had a... Now, I think Henrik and Daniel C. had a little bit more of a higher ceiling than Daniel Alfredson, but for the most part, you could say their careers were fairly similar. And if it's taken Albertson five years to get in, um, to me, it's very worrisome that I feel that the Henrik and Daniel C. might follow same suit, that they're not going to get in. They're not going to get the respect they deserve. Uh, you have other guys on the ballot, like Patrick Eliash, who you know, was in his third year. I think Henrik and Daniel Sedin had much better careers and much more dominant careers than Patrick Eliash. Rod Brindamore, um, you know, another guy who um, will eventually get in on his ninth year. I'm surprised Rod Brindamore hasn't got in yet. Um, but looking at it, I believe that in when you look at this this induction list, Luongo's in for sure. He's a shooter. And if it's and this is me, right? This is my bout. Luongo gets in. Sadines get in. And I believe if we're gonna do one more, I'm gonna put Alex McGillian in because I'm a Canucks fan and I wanna see all the Canucks. Uh, get inducted into the Hall of Fame at once. So if I'm doing this Hall of Fame bat, now you can call me biased and all of that. But um, if I'm this Monday, if I'm making the calls, Henrik Daniel Sedin, these players in this franchise history, they were, as Charles Barkley wants to say, the bus drivers of a team that got to a Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals that were the most dominant franchise in the NHL for a period of time. That won league MVPs. They were the bus drivers. Roberto Luongo, a, one of the best goalies of a of a Alex McGill, a brilliantly skilled left, brilliantly forward from Russia, who was a part of that defection in the early, um, one of the first people to really come over, and he was uberly talented, uberly successful. So, um, going with the Canuck style for the city of Vancouver because. Um, for years, we've always respect that we deserve. We want to be, you know, looked at in a in a good light, um, and we want to be, you know, treated as equal to everybody else. And I think this having Luongo, um, and the Sedins especially get inducted those those core of those 2011 teams and 2010 teams, it would just be a special moment for Canucks fans, for people of Vancouver, people of British Columbia, to see for me at least to see. Childhood heroes reach the epitome of success um, in their craft and become Hall of Famers. Now, Henrik Danielson got the numbers retired. I'm almost certain 
Thomas Luongo gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll go to the rafters of Rogers Arena because place that it deserves to be, as I've said before, that is he is the greatest goalie in Ducks history. There's no question about it. So if I'm in the Hall of Fame, I'm going with Henrik Daniel Senior in. I'm worried though because guys like Daniel Alfredson who haven't got in yet on his fifth year and you know has a similar career path of a Canadian franchise for many years, over a thousand points. Didn't you know took a team to a Stanley Cup final. So I'm worried, but Sedin warrant to be first ballot Hall of Famers, um, and I think they deserve that. I think that's uh, they have the pedigree for that. So. Hopefully the voters do the right thing and get those guys in. I know Luongo will be in there, and after that, who really cares? But to see those three guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame um, would truly be an amazing, amazing mission for Canucks Nation and Canucks. Uh, for the break, our next break, of uh, our final break, what I'm going to talk about the Stanley Cup final. Um, we're going to just touch on JT quickly um there's been a lot of rumors that you know the Canucks business all stuff that we already know and it's becoming more and more evident that he's going to get traded um i did talk about earlier this week how um you know he could potentially be in the market for washington with nicholas baxter's injury um i don't i i don't think that's going to be the, the thing because they have no assets to really trade um and the fact that these rumors are coming out that miller's camp is not surprised well i'm sure Patrick Alvin and Jamar the Third are in discussion with Miller, and I've told him like, "Hey, look, if you don't want to sign this deal um, that we're offering you on the table, then we will move you, and just be cognizant of that." And um, I I believe that that's the right way to go about it. Like, I think it's just obvious now that the JT Miller time in Vancouver is coming, um, and it's something that you know. They have to get right. If you're T. Miller, you're going to have to do it right. You're going to have to get players, young NHL players that can step in your lineup and play and make an impact because they're not going to stockpile draft picks. The Canucks are not in that business for that right now. They're in the business of getting younger, shedding cap, but also maintaining um, success and trying to push for the playoffs. So it's not surprising that JT Miller's camp knows about trade rumors. I think if we all hear it, I'm sure they hear it. So um, I just want to touch on that briefly that the JT Miller uh, and the trade things might be coming to an end. But coming up after this final break, I just want to talk about the Stanley Cup finals and how brilliant the hockey is to watch um, and how I'm seeing now on social media more and more people talking about it. So stick around for that. And welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Canucks. The show that keeps you locked in on Vancouver Canucks. Quickly, before we finish off this episode, um, the NBA draft was last, and um, it reminded me of how bad the NBA draft and the NBA to the NFL draft. Um, both those NBA and NHL draft need to up their production value. Um, I think it would be a lot better TV like they do for the NFL draft. But that's my quick side. When I, the real reason I wanted for the, the talking about in this block is just to play in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, I have a bunch of friends who aren't the biggest hockey fans in the world, and they are telling me I've been watching every single game because the games are so exciting. If you watch this game five today, the absolute speed, the, 
that one rush by Kale McCarr in the second period, I believe, where he just went through the whole be like a la Pavel Bure kind of. We've never seen that from a defenseman, at least in my lifetime. I never saw Paul Coffey play. I was not born then. I was no, not alive. And I sure as hell never saw Bobby Orr play. But seeing a defenseman with that type of speed and skill, I had one of my friends like said, is this guy like the Patrick Mahomes or something like that of the NHL, which kind of got me to laugh. But also, I mean, like, yeah, this guy's kind of like a unicorn. We've never seen somebody like this, at least in this generation, a guy of a guy who could just dominate the game from the back end like that. And you saw the championship medal from Tampa Bay tonight where, you know, people are starting to question, um, is this team, um, you know, were they kind of fraudulent because, you know, they never won a Stanley Cup in a regular year. They won in the bubble. And then last year, you know, there was the different divisions. And they did. That was a gutsy performance. That was a championship defending championship performance tonight to go to Denver, get the win. Andre Vasilevsky was money. Big goals from Andre Palat. That was a statement win by the, by the Tampa Bay Lightning that even if they lose this series, they've defended the Stanley cup and to see guys like Shannon Sharp tweet about this, who probably don't know a lick about hockey. First take have segments about these Stanley cup finals was absolutely pivotal to me because it's showing that this game that we all love, this game, the greatest game on earth, the most exciting game on earth to be played at this high of a level to get that type of shine for a guy, you know, Shannon Sharp and First Take, Undisputed First Take, probably the two biggest sports shows um, in American TV to get that type of exposure is absolutely critical and is going to help this game grow to greater leaps and bounds. And that's all. We have two of the best teams in the world playing the best form of hockey, the modern hockey, where it's speed, skill, physicality, electric crowds, energy. Game six is Sunday. I'm going to be fired up um, tomorrow, and we'll be back to regular central programming. This weekend, we'll have some two special, special episodes. So stick around for that. It's going to be fun. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, Locked On NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Take care, guys. Stay safe. And I will talk to you tomorrow.